Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, December 23rd, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Patrick Murphy. All right, a lot to get into, Patrick. Let's start right at the top. Just your thoughts on the matchup with Clemson. We're just nine days away from the game, which is crazy. College football playoff, semifinal at the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. 8.15 p.m. on New Year's Day. It will be televised by ESPN. Is there anywhere you think the Tigers are susceptible where the Buckeyes can you know, do some damage against them? Just What are your general thoughts on this matchup? I think the idea for Ohio State is trying to make Clemson's offense as one-dimensional as possible, um, which is not easy to do. So, you know, it's easy for me to say. I think you've seen that in the past uh, when Clemson, you know, struggled against a team like Boston College, even in that Notre Dame game um, when – they weren't able to run the ball with Travis Etienne. Notre Dame, the first Notre Dame game, did a really good job of, of making them a pass-first team. Now, Clemson obviously found a way to beat Boston College, took over Notre Dame to overtime without Trevor Lawrence. So they still certainly have ways to, to get it done. But I think that that's going to be very crucial. I think this secondary, this is, you know, any of these guys, this is the biggest game of, of their lives, not only because it's a college football playoff semifinal, but also – they're going to need to play as big as possible. Um, you know, obviously Trevor Lawrence, but the weapons he has uh, to, to get the ball to, you know, it's, it's an embarrassment of riches similar to what Ohio state has in terms of receiving weapons. So these guys need to be ready. They need to be, um, you know, very dialed in for this one. We just haven't seen this team tested enough in the secondary for me to say confidently that they can do that. But I think that that will be key. Um, to that offensively I think if you're Ohio State you've got to get back to, to doing what you're doing um, you know Clemson's defense is, is one of the best in the country they're the probably the most complete team statistically uh, out there um, and so you know moving the ball isn't going to be easy but you can't have a Justin Fields performance like you did in the Big Ten Championship game he's gotta he's gotta be on um, you know you hope that film is, is good to go and it sounds like it will be but mentally you know th- that game was that, that game against Northwestern was just not good enough before the thumb injury. So he's got to be on, he's got to play at a high level. And then you need the running backs to do what they've shown they could do the last couple of games. If you can get a really balanced attack, come at Clemson with a bunch of different weapons, you know, you're not just throwing, trying to throw the ball all over the park. You're not just running the ball similar to what Ohio state had success with in the first half last year before JK Dobbins got hurt. Um, I think that's your, your best bet. So there, I, there's not one specific thing that I look at Clemson as like, that's the way Ohio state attacks them. But I think you just have to play a, a really good, really good football game. Um, you know, do what's gotten you here and, and enhance the things that haven't been great. Like the secondary. 
It definitely helps the Buckeyes. They're going to get, it sounds like, this isn't official, but it sounds like they're going to get Chris Olave and others back, guys that missed the Big Ten championship game due to COVID-19 concerns. The Big Ten's gotten a lot of stuff wrong, but at least they changed the rule to meet the CDC guidelines. Uh, it was 21 days with 14 days for quarantine and then seven days for testing for myocarditis and other issues that could be tied to COVID. So they changed that to 17 days. So that's obviously huge. The Buckeyes should get Olave and others back. What are your thoughts about that? It's important. Um, you know, obviously the, the number of guys that they've missed this year um, in, in various games is, uh, is an issue, uh, you know, 23 and one, 22 and another, and, and important guys. And, you know, Chris Olave is the name you mentioned, but, you know, can Baron Browning get back in there? Um, you know, Justin Hilliard played a great game, the big 10 championship, but you want your, your weapons available. Drew Chrisman is a guy that doesn't get talked about enough, but in a game against Clemson, if you can pin them at the, the one yard line and Zach Hoover did a fine job, that's, that's important. Um, some of the defensive ends, things like that. But yeah, I mean, Chris Olave is the name, right? That's, you know, you saw the passing attack without him and it was not as good. Uh, you know, Garrett Wilson still has a ways to go to become a number one wide receiver. And that's not to take anything away from him. Chris Olave just takes a lot of the attention and rightfully so. So, um, you know, we, I just talked about trying to be as, as balanced as you can offensively. Chris Olave back in there, if, if he's 100% and ready to go, that's a, that's a big step up for Ohio State from, from what they had against Northwestern. So that would be huge. A lot of people are debating whether or not the six games helps or hurts Ohio State. Everybody from the, seems from the outside, people that don't like Ohio State, whether they're being you know, disingenuous or not about it. They're saying, oh, well, Ohio State just helps them only playing six games because they're fresh and this and that. Some people are going to say, including Ryan Day, we would prefer to have played more games. Um, where do you come down on this? Is this an advantage for Ohio State that they're maybe a little bit more fresh than they would be after playing 12 or 13 games? Or is this a disadvantage that they haven't played enough football so far? I can see both sides of the argument. Um, and, you know, Dabo Sweeney obviously has – has been villainized by Ohio state fans because, you know, he doesn't believe the Buckeyes played enough games to be in and he, you know, voted them outside the top 10 in his coaches poll. I don't agree with that, but uh, I do think it makes it hard to, to evaluate Ohio state. You know, and the committee talked about this a lot was, you know, it's, it's tough to do it when you're comparing six and 11, but the thing that I think about, and, and this is where I fall more on the Ryan day side is just like, Think about where six games lands you in a normal season. You know, that's, that's halfway through the season. That's you're, when you're still learning about your team a lot of times. And I'm, in a, I'm writing about this today. So I went back and looked at some of, the, some of the, you know, seasons that come to mind, whether it's a national championship or a college football playoff season. In 2002, six games in, they had just played Northwestern, beat them 27 to 16. Um, you know, think about the games that they hadn't played at that point, you know, the Holy Buckeye game, things like that, the Michigan game um, that you didn't get 2014. Um, it was 56, 17 against Northwestern, but that team still hadn't found itself. You know, imagine that 2014 team that, that really finds itself in the last few games against Michigan state, Michigan, and then obviously Cardell Jones in, in the, the playoff run. But that team trying to trying to do something against an Alabama team after just six games, uh, even last year, 34 to 10 against Michigan state was the sixth game of the year. They still, that was that first kind of test that, that everyone was talking about. It just, you know, it's hard to hard to think of those teams trying to make the runs that they did uh, after just six games. And so this team is, is going to have to do it, 
but uh, I, I think I fall on the Ryan Day side of the argument with, you know, it, it would be nice for Ohio State to have played the full eight, nine games in this and, and have a much better sense of, okay, here's where we're good. Here's where we need to improve. You know, here's how we know we can attack people, things like that, that, uh, that they're not going to get. And, and that's unfortunate. Now, Tabo Sweeney made the argument that, uh, you know, there's, there's not as much tape to evaluate Ohio State on. His side was that maybe that's a little bit easier. And maybe there's some stuff that they still have in the tank because of that, whether it's, you know, not being as banged up or, or not having shown everything. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I think if, if you're Ohio State, you would have rather had eight, nine games as opposed to just six to, to know a little bit more about this team. It's such a disingenuous argument when people say Ohio State doesn't belong. Let's compare them to Texas right. A&M, the, the team that was the first team out. People say, well, Ohio State only played half the games. Last time I checked, um, six is not half of nine. Texas A&M did not play a full schedule. Texas A&M only played nine games. And I think anybody with any football acumen could watch Ohio State's six games, watch Texas A&M's nine games, and compare them quite easily. And here's how we would compare them. Ohio State would be a double-digit favorite at least over Texas A&M on a neutral field. Um, I mean, they would be, when I say at least, I mean, it would be at least 10, probably more than that on a neutral field. So it's just such a stupid argument in my book that, oh, it's hard to evaluate if Ohio State belongs or not. It's like, no, it's actually pretty easy to, to evaluate. They're one of the top four teams in the nation. But I agree with you, though. I think they would be in a better spot if they had played three extra games. They'd be you know, able to get more of the more of the kinks out. They're just not as smooth as they should be. They haven't played a full 60 minutes, and I think that's a big reason why. They just kind of the stopping and the starting and the stopping and the starting. Um, the uncertainty, not having a bunch of guys. Of course, that didn't hurt them against Michigan State, but it certainly did against Northwestern. So, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of that argument. All right, I wanna, I'm want i curious to get your take on this. A lot of talk that the college football playoffs should expand to eight teams. Some people have even said 16. We have this argument every year, it seems like, or this discussion. I like it at four. I guess I'd be okay with eight. I'm okay with four, though. I like four. I feel like that would be diluting it going to eight. Again, I'd be okay with eight. Curious where you come down on that. I am very similar uh, in, in opinion here. I, I think one of the great things about college football is that the games in the regular season really matter. You know, I, you watch the NBA, the NHL, you know, these, te- these leagues that have 82 games, Major League Baseball, even the NFL where, you know, you want to win every game, but you can lose a few games. You know, college football, if you lose a game, you genuinely may miss out. Ask Texas A&M. Uh, you know, and, and so I think that it makes this sport unique and I think it makes it exciting. Um, now, if you want to go to eight, I think that still preserves some of that. Um, I would be okay with that. The, the other side of the argument obviously is, is you get these matchups at the end of the season that are bigger and exciting and you, you have a true playoff format. And I do think there's something to that, but I do, you know, traditionally like this, this, you know, you've got to win every game. Every game has an importance. It's, it's players aren't just resting against, you know, inferior opponents because they can, if, if somehow they lose that game, they're able to then, you know, still make it into the postseason. Um, I think if there was a year to try that out, this was probably the year to do it, you know, expand it because you're going to have situations like Ohio state only played six games, but the select or the playoff committee didn't want to do that. And, and so we sit at four, but um, you know, I believe it will expand at some point. I hope it doesn't do too much to, to dilute the regular season. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. Eight would be okay. I like four. Yeah, four feels 
perfect to me. Maybe because Ohio State won the first yeah. one. I'm like, this is how it should always be. Ohio State should and, win it, and we should stay. And there. regularly gets in. Yeah, that's right. That's right. There has been a couple of times when Ohio State was barely out, but maybe they didn't deserve to make it those years. 2015 is a tough one for me because even though I wasn't mad that day, as time has gone on, I'm thinking if Alabama or Clemson was defending national champions, they lost one game, and it was to a decent team. Michigan State wasn't that good in 2015. A decent team on a last-second field goal. That was your only loss, and you're defending champions. Clemson and Alabama would have been in in 2015. Ohio State yeah. was left out. Again, though, it didn't make me mad at the time because I'm thinking you can't lose to that Michigan State team with their backup quarterbacks in there, and they did, and it kept them out. All right. Well, now you've seen now you've just seen other other playoffs where teams like that do get in. So um yeah, I agree with you. I think looking back, that that does seem especially because it's a Michigan State team who ended up getting in. So it wasn't like you lost to a, a Michigan State team that was, you know, you said they were just decent, but but the committee put that team in the playoffs. So, you know, I agree with you. I think in retrospect, that's a weird one. And then Michigan State got absolutely smoked uh, yes. in the semifinals. Um People are probably wondering what the team is doing this week. They're practicing. You know, I think they're even going to practice. I don't know if he's going to give them Christmas off. I, I imagine they might. I don't know this for sure. I imagine Ryan will give them Christmas off. Or they'll just do like maybe a light workout. You might know more about that. I also want to let the listeners know as far as the media schedule, there's nothing this week. We're hoping to get Coach Day and maybe some players. They're going to push that to next week. But next week's going to be huge. Monday the 28th, we're going to get Coach Day. We're going to get Kevin Wilson and some offensive players. And then the 29th, we're going to get Coach Combs and some defensive players. So kind of like two media days next week, the 28th and the 29th. But nothing this week, though. So what's the team doing from your understanding? And what do you think about no media availability this week? It's a weird one because of the holiday. You know, normally you have a, a longer buildup to this game, right? So you can, you afford to give the guys, um, you know, a couple of days off with, with practice. But uh, yeah, it sounds like they're practicing um, business as usual. I do think Christmas will probably be a little bit lighter, um, you know, just for, for uh, obvious reasons, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, these guys aren't going home. We know that with, with COVID and everything. So, you know, if you're here, you might as well be, you know, put, putting your nose to the grindstone and, and working. Um, I think that's the way that you, you find a way to win this game. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the media schedule, is one that, that when we learned about it, I was frustrated with a little bit um, just because I think, you know, we, we have a job to do here, but uh, you know, I understand it. It's, it's a, it's a big week holiday wise and, and whatnot. So um, you know, if, if, if Ryan and those guys don't want to have to deal with us this week, so be it. Our hard hitting questions. Yeah. I can understand. We, 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 we are pretty tough on them. Um, I can understand not wanting to deal with us. I know my wife doesn't want to deal with me very often, so I can understand with somebody else not wanting to deal with me very often. Great stuff from Patrick Murphy. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you to our listeners out there. Merry Christmas and happy holidays, Bucknutters. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 